Many thanks for joining us for this episode of the Heart Podcast. My name is Dr. James Rudd. I'm the Digital Media Editor at Heart, and I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast by Dr. Raja Selvaraj. Raja, would you like to introduce yourself for the audience? So I'm Raja Selvaraj. Uh, I'm working as a faculty at uh, at a large institute in South India. This is called Jipmer. So I'm working in the Department of Cardiology, and I'm practicing electrophysiologist. Okay, fantastic. And uh, Raji, you've recently published a paper in Heart, uh, which is called the reuse of pacemakers, defibrillators, and cardiac resynchronization devices. Uh, Raji, perhaps you could start by giving us the motivation for this research. Yeah, James. Uh, so th- this is uh, obviously not something new. This is something that has been uh, practiced in a lot of centers for quite a few uh, years and uh, has been published before. Uh, our center has been uh, reusing devices uh, specifically because we have a good connection with France and we get uh, reused devices from them. So we've been doing this for uh, uh, for more than two decades. But uh, the, the issue is that this has not really caught up in uh, clinical practice and a lot of centers, are st- and this is still uh, very much underutilized. So that was the motivation that we wanted to publish our experience to, uh, you know, to bolster the impression that this is a, a safe thing to do and would be extremely beneficial for a lot of patients. Okay. And this is predominantly in countries, low to middle income countries, where uh, cost is a massive issue uh, and resulting in a very low implantation rate compared to, say, the UK or the USA. That's right. Um, yeah, like we like we mentioned in the introduction, from the data that we have, it looks like uh, the implantation rates in the uh, low and middle income countries, like you mentioned, are about uh, are abysmally low compared to the industrialized countries. So it's like uh, one in thirty to one in forty, yeah. which is. Uh, I think it's a it's a tragedy that uh, that uh, there is a treatment option available for these patients, but uh, we are limited in not being able to provide it just because of financial constraints, and uh, and a lot of these devices are now available uh, for reuse, but because they are labeled as single use and there's still no uh, legal support to the physician to reuse them. Uh, these are all uh, going to waste, and uh, and there's definitely patients dying because of the uh, of an inability to uh, use these devices. So I think it is uh, a situation that needs to be remedied. Absolutely, and I, I can just reiterate those figures. So from your own paper, you cite a rate of 782 implants per million patients in the USA. So that's 782 compared to just uh, 1717 in India and five uh, per million people in. Uh, in Bangladesh. So as you say, a very stark reminder that uh, these things are expensive and are really not used uh, as much as they could be because of cost implications in many parts of the world. And so Raja, what did you what did you do in this study? It was a retrospective analysis, is that right? So that's right, yeah. This is a retrospective analysis. And uh, like I said, we have been using these devices in uh, a lot of our patients. So we have access to devices which are provided by a French uh, agency called uh, STEM Development. And uh, what we do is we also have uh, a certain number of new devices that we are able to purchase from the hospital funds. 
so we have uh, so we have patients getting implanted both with uh, new devices and with uh, these reused devices so it provides us a good opportunity to go back and see uh, what differences are, if there are uh, in in outcomes between the patients who get a new device versus those who get a reused device and we are fairly confident of outcomes in the first 6 months uh, because we have good follow ups at least for the first 6 months uh, so so what we did is we said we'll go back and look at the uh, first 6 month outcomes in these patients and the 6 month outcomes i i think the most important because mostly what we are worried about when we reuse these devices is uh, risk of infection if the devices have not been uh, sterilized adequately and uh, a risk of uh, device malfunction especially it tends to happen with mechanical components like the screws Uh, because if they are loose or not functioning well they may malfunction so these should uh, be evident in the first 6 months uh, after the implantation so we looked at the outcomes and uh, we, so when we analyzed the data we found that uh, the infection rates i think in the modern in a in a fairly large institute anywhere i think infection rates are low and our infection rates are pretty low uh, compared even to the older studies with reused devices and we found uh, the the three infections that we had among the about 860 implants were all in patients who had a new device while the uh, about 260 patients who had a re, had a reused device none of them had an infection and similarly we had no device malfunction at all in these patients so so i think the uh, it's a fairly large number of patients and we have in a same center patients getting new devices versus reused devices so i think it's fairly compelling that there is definitely no risk of uh, an increased risk of infection or uh, device malfunction when we reuse these devices so that's really compelling data isn't it you about over 800 patients about a quarter with uh, reused devices and you say no uh issues with uh, device infection in the uh in well there's a few in the in fact newly implanted group but no statistical difference between the two so That's very right. yeah. very safe uh, and then follow up was follow up was short and i guess that would be a, a limitation but nevertheless up to 6 months you didn't see any significant problem with a reused device That's right And could i just go on to because i think people will be curious exactly Uh, the source of these devices are these from patients that have sadly died these from patients who are having a device upgrade uh where do these devices come from first of all and also what is the procedure for sterilizing uh, and preparing the devices for for reuse more than 90% of the devices that we reused in this group came to us uh, from france uh, the organization which was previously called stimubank and now it's called stim development so uh, and this is a uh, charity guess, charity organization is that right in france th- that's right yeah so they they collect devices from multiple hospitals from multiple sources and uh, they do a initial uh, check of the devices cleaning and then see that they are sent to uh, places where these devices can be reused and we are one of the beneficiaries of uh, these devices the um, uh, we don't have the exact numbers on the uh, breakdown of the source of these devices but uh, most of them would be from uh, death of a patient with a device yeah uh, as you know like a lot of elderly patients get uh, pacemakers and especially with complex devices like uh, defibrillators and uh, cardiac resynchronization devices the patients are often sick have uh, poor ejection fraction so the mortality is quite high in these patients and so a lot of these devices come from that source uh, taken uh, post mortem uh but also a fairly significant number i think a growing number is from device upgrades again because uh, multiple kinds of devices are available now 
there are a lot of reasons why a patient with uh, who initially has a pacemaker later needs to be upgraded to a defibrillator or a cardiac resynchronization device or somebody with a single chamber pacemaker gets upgraded to a dual chamber pacemaker and so on so again this again results in uh, you know availability of these uh, devices and a lot of these deaths or upgrades often happen very early after device implant so these devices uh, have a very good longevity also okay so the battery life i know you excluded uh, patients or i think the, the the devices are not reused if the battery life is less than four years so uh, in the new devices as you say particularly if they've just been implanted you may get 10 years of battery life right that's right yeah so even though we said four years we exclude most of these devices we actually find that uh, they are almost at 90 percent of the uh, initial battery life so they have extremely uh, good longevity so okay so i mean this is a really important study isn't it these um uh, patients who are not even uh, able to access things like simple bloody pacing uh, in in some countries um, uh, with a huge demand uh, because of cost issues. And here you've shown that not only is bloody pacing uh, safe up to six months, but you've extended previous work by uh, looking at CRT devices and ICD devices, right? That's right. Yeah, I think one of the strengths was the large numbers. And the other thing was that uh, really this is the first study with a significant number of these uh, newer devices. So because this the, the newer devices, uh, there is some concern. Generally, the risk of infection with implantation of the, these devices is higher because of a longer procedure time and a larger device with a subsequent need for a larger pocket and stuff. But also the benefit from these devices is much higher. Uh, because these are costly, these are difficult to get, so uh, so it becomes more important that if we can reuse these devices. And benefit-wise, again, they are, they are more often life-saving devices compared to pacemakers. So I think that is, again, a very important part of the study to show that these uh, uh, larger, more complex devices also can be reused safely. So, Raja, what's the next step? I mean, you said that the, the devices at the moment are, are labeled only for single use. Is there some some political lobbying going on that um, people should know about where they can help to make the manufacturers perhaps more likely to allow this to happen? I think uh, the the groups, the physician groups, I think this needs interaction from the physician groups and the, uh, the political uh, lobbying and also from the industry participation uh, to try and uh, put this into a sort of uh, uh, a streamlined framework so that this can be done on a regular basis in many places. Uh, so there have been some attempts towards to try and do this uh, even quite uh, about even uh, I think 10-15 years back. So I think that is something that we need to pursue again from the Heart Rhythm Society or the American Heart Association to partner with uh, industry to try and uh, make the whole thing uh, legal and uh, and a proper uh, process so mm. I, I think that is what we're looking forward in the future well hopefully that uh, is not too far away because it sounds like an an eminently sensible idea to reuse the, these devices uh, that would otherwise go to waste and the other source i think you mentioned in the paper was that uh, you also use devices which have just gone by uh, just gone by their expiry date as well so never actually been implanted but uh, sitting on the shelf would otherwise be thrown away yeah, yeah. Shelf expired again. Is, I mean, shelf expired devices are another source, which uh, I mean, wh whatever inventory keeping you do, I think tends to happen in every place. To some devices might ex shelf expire, and again, if we can re-sterilize and use those, uh, that again contributes to this uh, pool of devices. Absolutely. 
Well, Dr. Selvaraj, uh, the article is uh, is now live on the Heart website and in the journal, and I'll put a link in the show notes for this podcast. But I just wanted to thank you very much for your study and uh, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you, James, very much. Thank you.